Welcome to another episode of Behind the Catch Fence. I'm your host, David Hoffman. We're on to yet another interview episode, and it is episode 34. Before I announce who this next guest is, I'd like to give a quick shout out to No Copyright Music on YouTube. They're the ones creating the music that I'm playing. It's obviously no copyright music, so it's free. I'd like to thank you guys for that. With me being a broke college student, I'm grateful for you guys. Go subscribe to them, No Copyright Music. Welcome to yet another special interview episode. It has been busy here at Behind the Catch Fence headquarters recently just with trying to keep track of all these interview episodes. With the IndyCar season just underway and scheduling drivers left and right, it's been a whirlwind to say the least. But I would not trade the chaos for anything else. So as you could probably figure out from the title, everyone's favorite driver from the Great White North, James Hinchcliffe, is on the show for a record third time, shattering his own record of two. Hinch is officially back with Andretti Autosport full-time after running a limited schedule this past season. With Genesis and Capstone Turbine Corporation on board all season, the mayor of Hinchtown is ready to go to compete for the 2021 championship. We preview the season to date so far and talk about everything under the sun, including his dynamic furry duo of Lucy and Weller as usual. Now enough with the chit-chat, let's get right into it. Now sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack, could be some bagels with cream cheese oh you got to add butter to that too that kind of helps it like really seep in something like that <laughs> but enjoy this episode with james hinchcliffe hello hey james can you hear me <laughs> i can you got me yeah i do <laughs> wonderful there we go oh, there we are <laughs> Wow, is that your house? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that's cool. I love the ceiling of everything. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, first off, this is the third time you've been on the show, uh, and it's very brief history. I can't thank you enough for uh, always taking the time. <laughs> no, of course, man. Happy to do it. Uh, but first off, um, how how have you been doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, not bad. I mean, you know, obviously the season hasn't started quite as smoothly as we would have hoped. So uh, that's kind of a bummer, but that's racing, as they say. So looking forward to, uh, you know, to having all that bad luck out of the way and, and hopefully having a nice strong May. And usually the most important question I always ask you, uh, how are Lucy and Weller doing? <laughs> They're doing well. Actually, Weller just had to have a, a little ro- lump removed from his leg. So he's kind of recovering uh, from that, but he's uh, he's a champion. So he's doing all right. Thank you for asking. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I saw that you were uh, dog sitting uh, for your mom's dog a couple weeks ago. How did those two uh, handle that? <laughs> well, Weller loved it. Uh, Weller enjoyed having some, you know, some fun little toy to play with. Uh, Lucy was less impressed. She was like, hang on, you already made this mistake once when you got Weller. Please tell me this isn't a permanent situation. So she was pretty pleased when uh, when the puppy went to uh, to mom. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We just got a dog, another one, a third one a couple months ago. And man, like they both were hating it for the longest time, but it's just funny to see the dynamic and how it takes them a little bit longer, but <laughs> yeah, they get there eventually. Uh, this past, past weekend in Texas, like you mentioned, was forgettable um, for you and nothing seemed to go well. Just a big topic of discussion was the PJ one and not having that second lane, uh, just, from your perspective, what, what were your thoughts on PJ1 overall? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, you know, it's designed for the cup guys and, um, 
you know, the way it works, they lay it down on the track. It's sort of a sticky substance, but as they run on it, it kind of, it actually lifts up and breaks up, but their rubber is going down. And so it's just sort of helping encourage getting that second lane to work. Uh, unfortunately, by the time we get there, there's really no rubber left on it and there's none of the actual sticky residue left on it. But what's left over on the track is still some kind of substance that actually takes the grip down significantly. You know, Firestone do um, grip tests on different parts of the track, and it was as high as, high of a, as a loss of 20% of grip compared to the first lane. So, you know, when you're dealing in the, the tens of thousands that we do, that, that size, that magnitude of grips is just untenable. And, and unfortunately, you know, our in particular were victims of that. Can you mention just with, you know, there, there were those limits with that, uh, just as a driver, how do you, how do you have to change your approach with, you know, have to drive on that? How do you have to change your approach with that? Basically, you've got to be a lot more patient. You know, Texas used to be one of those tracks where you cared less about qualifying in Texas than anywhere else, because you knew that if you had a good car, you could make your way up to the front. Uh, now that is not the case. It has become a one-lane track, a, a, a track position race through and through. And so it's, it's definitely made it a lot more challenging. Uh, and so, yeah, you kind of do have to be a lot more patient. You've got to stay in line with the cars that you're running with. You've got to wait for them to make mistakes and capitalize on that. Take care of your tires, you know, take care of your equipment. Uh, try to be smart on the pit sequence with tire strategy and the undercut versus the overcut, uh, which is all good. I mean, those are all fun elements of, of IndyCar racing, but uh, but man, I wish we could have had a little bit more, you know, side-by-side -side action like we normally see at Texas. I'm sure it was frustrating with both qualifying sessions, basically getting rain or rained out per se. And I mean, I know you had really good no toe speed and just overall speed in that one practice you guys ran. Just, I'm sure that really put a big wrench in just the, the weekend overall. It did, you know, and, and, and certainly we understand the need on uh, on Saturday to, uh, you know, put the emphasis on, on getting that practice session in there, uh, you know, with the weather being what it was, where I think a lot of us were a little perturbed was that on Sunday, we had nothing but time and we could have very easily run, you know, a qualifying session. We had, you know, no scheduling issues with other series. We had enough tires to do it. Uh, we had a certainly enough time to do it. It would have been an extra hour of content for, you know, Peacock or whoever, you know, um, and I just would have made a more kind of level starting grid. So it's, it's unfortunate the way that it played out, but uh, it, it is what it is. You know, um, we have um, a pretty big hole to dig ourselves out of after these first uh, handful of races, but we're really hoping for a strong May. Obviously, Andretti Autosports, a team that's showed up time and time again, uh, you know, when it counts in May and, and fingers crossed, we can have a you know a strong result at the end of the month. And you mentioned it's just been a rocky start for the 29 team overall. Just uh, what do you believe is the formula? Just is it more just bad luck, or what do you think the formula is to kind of put that behind and to really have a strong month of May? I mean, there, there certainly has been some bad luck, but uh, you know it would be irresponsible to say that there's you know none of it on us. Um, we've certainly made our mistakes, you know, as a as a team, and there's definitely things that we can do better. Um, and that's from, that's from every, you know, every department, but at the same time, you know, it's a new group working together and uh, some of those teething problems, I think were to a certain extent expected. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we've, if anything, we've had some of maybe our shortcomings as a program covered by some of the just flat out bad luck that we've had. 
but you know the the hope is that the bad luck's gone and so you know our abilities are going to be on full display in may and we want to make sure that we uh, we show up and perform and with the month of may just looking back at that test in april that you guys had at indy how much of that can you actually use because the track conditions are probably going to be a lot hotter come may yeah, I mean the, the track conditions are certainly going to change, uh, but there's always useful aero data that you can uh, that you can, you know, acquire in tests like that. And you know, it's good to sort of run a little bit of traffic and, and get a sense for what the cars are going to be like. Um, you know, obviously we're two days less track time than we've sort of had traditionally. You know, obviously it was it was kind of uh, migrating more towards the the 2020 scheduling of uh, of reduced track time at most races, and the 8500s are different, so even getting that sort of day that we got there was, uh, was helpful because, you know, like I said, we're a few days shorter than we're used to. And looking at the IndyCar season to date, there's been four races, four winners. Uh, just from your perspective, how's the competition level been compared to other seasons that you've raced in in the past? You know, it's funny, but before the season started, everybody was saying how this is the deepest talent field we've ever seen in the IndyCar series. And we've been saying that for like five years now. And it, it started to sound like it was just some line that the PR people were telling us all to say, you know, at the start of the season. But the fact is we just, we just keep making the field stronger. You know, it quite literally, we've just been adding, you know, incredible amounts of talent over the last few seasons. And, uh, and, you know, this year is no exception. You know, you've got catcher back in for a bunch of races, you have Romaine and you have Scott and you have Jimmy and, you know, all these, all these names, you got Sebastian back full time. We're back full time. It, it quite literally is the most competitive grid. I think the IndyCar series has ever seen. And in a, in a time when the cars developed to a point where parity between the teams is a lot closer as well. And so, yeah, I mean, you just cannot afford a bad session, never mind, you know, a bad weekend because uh, it is just so, so tight. And with that rookie class, I know that's those are pretty star-studded rookie class. Uh, what's just been the biggest takeaway that you've had racing with those guys the first four uh, weeks of the season? That none of them are rookies. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's so funny to have. You know, we, we've had the odd rookie come in, rookie come in. You know, like when Rubens Barrichello showed up with twenty-three years of Formula One experience, <laughs> whatever it was, and um, and so you see that from time to time. But to have three rookies. Again, I, I use the term very loosely uh, with the level of experience that those guys have. It is a pretty unique situation, but it's awesome getting to race against all of them. Um, you know, Scott's obviously the only one that's doing the entire calendar with all the ovals and everything. His first podium, you know, his first oval race, pretty impressive. He's definitely a quick study and uh, be a, a force to be reckoned with for a long time, I think. And on Tuesday, uh, your fellow Canadian and uh, friend Robert Wickens finally got back into a race car. Um, what was that like for you seeing him achieve that? It was, it was, it was awesome. You know, obviously, Robbie and I talk a lot and it was, uh, it was, it was, it sucks to not be able to be there. I would, I would have loved to have been there for it. Um, but, you know, I knew it was coming and we talked a lot about it beforehand. And uh, I mean, I was certainly not surprised, you know, I, I, I know what Robbie's like and, and I've, I've uh, known what his mindset's been kind of through this whole journey. And, um, and this is just, this is just the beginning. I mean, it's, it's awesome that he's finally got some laps in a race car on a racetrack. Uh, but I can tell you that this is step one of a, of a very long road for him in terms of, you know, what he's still going to be doing from a driving perspective moving forward. That's fantastic just to see just the perseverance. And I'm sure he learned a little bit of that from you, from uh, your experience with that accident a couple of years ago. But, you know, it, it's just cool to see guys that 
persevere just no matter what. And, you know, you two are a big testament to that. Uh, um, I appreciate that. And, you know, he's been, he's been very strong through, uh, through everything. And, you know, one of the things that I've admired so much about him is how he has shared his story, you know, and, and, uh, and really brought people along on the journey, which I think, you know, I know has helped a lot of people, you know, he gets messages every week from people that are, uh, you know, inspired by what he's doing and, and, uh, and it's a very brave thing to share it the way that he has. And it was announced uh, a couple of weeks ago that you were going to be an, an analyst for the SRX uh, on CBS Sports. How did that come about? They, they called me. You know, it was, uh, I think, something they'd, they had toyed with doing. Uh, obviously, that series is pretty unique, and they want to do things a bit different. And they definitely want to have fun with it, which is great. And so one of the one of the plans they always had was to kind of have a revolving driver analyst lineup for the six races. And so they landed on, you know, three uh, three driver analysts and myself, Dario Franchitti and Danica Patrick. And yeah, they reached out to see if I'd be interested. And, and of course I was, you know, the, there were two races that didn't conflict with the IndyCar calendar. And uh, I think concept is awesome. You know, I, I used to love the old Irish and I know this is a bit different, but it's kind of, you know, a cut from the is that I know and our buddies with are going to be racing in it. And so it's going to be fun to, you know, watch Marco out there and PT and LOTK and, uh, and Tony himself. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how, it, how everybody stacks up when they get back in the cars. And what would you say be the most exciting aspect of the SRX that you're really excited about? Honestly, it's just seeing that mix of drivers all on track together. You know, you've got mix of experience, mixes of ages, you know, mixes of, um, of, of you know, different levels of success in different series. And uh, just seeing all those people now come together in one spot, spec car, very limited practice. I mean, it's not like these guys are getting 10 test days before we rock up to the first race. It is very, very limited track time. So, you know, it's 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 definitely going to favor people like Tony who are, you know, relatively recently retired compared to some of the other guys and come from a stock car background and have raced a lot on dirt and things like that. Obviously TK and, and Elio are still driving, um, but not those kind of cars. Uh, you know, Marco, obviously he's, you know, he's, he's been retired for like eight minutes and not even, you know, he's, he's kind of stepped back full time for like eight minutes. So he's still very, very new and fresh, but again, not a lot of dirt background or stock car background. So it's, it is an interesting mix. And then seeing guys like Willie T come out of retirement, Michael Waltrip, it's uh, yeah. I just think that collection of drivers and seeing how it all comes together is going to be really fascinating. I think it's going to be interesting to see how just as like, it's going to be overall a fantastic show. I would think just because of, you know, all those guys, they're ultra competitive and, you know, just the fact that we get some of the best, like the more bold personalities clashing in a way. And it's going to be a fun overall experience, I feel, for the fans as well. No doubt. I mean, that's that's what they wanted to make was an, a nice entertaining, uh, you know, program. And uh, the fact that it's kind of heat race format and, you know, it, it kind of gives a chance to mix it up a little bit and have everybody running up front at some point. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be highly entertaining, which is which is the whole uh, the whole idea. Now, at, at uh, Andretti Autosport, you guys have a diverse group of drivers overall, and you guys seem to flow really well, and you can insert the Colton Herta hair flow with that. Um, <laughs> uh, how would you describe the just the dynamic at Andretti Autosport right now? No, it's it's honestly really good. I mean, you know, Ryan and I have, have known each other for a very long time. We've been friends for a long time. You know, we worked very well together. Uh, my first stint with the team. 
And, uh, and then, you know, Alex and I have obviously become pretty good friends off track and, uh, no pun intended, uh, with the podcast. Um, and you know, you know, he's obviously one of the, one of the top guys in the sport at the moment. And then, yeah, Colton, I mean, the, the, the young guy coming in with, uh, just boatloads of talent and showing the experienced guys how to do it from time to time. So it's, it's this really kind of well-versed, you've got to get the spectrum covered, uh, in a lot of ways and everybody seems to work together pretty well. The engineering staff is, you know, very acclimated to one another and, and that helps. And so, you know, getting a couple races last year to just sort of get my toe back in it and, you know, dip my toe back in the water and see how things work there since I, I left, uh, was a great sort of stepping stone. And now I think everybody's kind of running pretty smoothly. And I saw on Twitter today that off track, they'll be on their hundredth episode. Is that correct here soon? Yeah. So what, what day is it today? Today's, so what have come out today? We've been our hundredth episode. We recorded earlier this week and uh, what have come out today. And it's absolutely mind blowing that we've done that a hundred times. <laughs> I, I was like, had like a five hour drive the other week and I just started binge listening to it. It's just, it's really interesting to see, just hear like the different perspective. And I felt the, that John Green episode as well, which everyone who's listening should listen to that. That was really, really informative, I'd say. Yeah, he's uh, he's awesome. I mean, he's been on the show a couple times, and uh, he's uh, he, my favorite guest we've had on. And he's just one of my favorite guys. Just so fascinating, and uh, and a huge IndyCar fan. So he's uh, yeah, he's a good dude. And I saw on Twitter a little bit ago. I'm looking at Twitter a lot here recently. Uh, that you had retweeted this picture of bagged milk in Canada or something like that. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of questions with that, but what exactly is that? <laughs> Look, why? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's just, that's how we, that's how we do milk back home. I don't know how else to explain it. It's, and, and it's funny. I, I think I said in the tweet that now, you know, having lived in this for years and really seen that much, I could totally understand why people get super weird and don't get it. But when you grow up with it, you, know, you don't know any better. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, the debate that it sparked on Twitter about bagged milk. I as soon as I saw them like wait does it does it taste the same <laughs> sure does sure does man I might have to have something imported here and try it or something <laughs> there you go uh last question I spoke with uh your teammate fellow uh podcast host and Alexander Rossi this past uh month and uh he posed a question for you to answer and um that oh. question would be what do you defy the most in 2021? Is it everything? <laughs> do you want to perceive, defy the perception that you're Canadian? Uh, what is it? Uh, I mean, so far, so far, I would say I've defied getting points. Uh, <laughs> so that's definitely, that's definitely something that, uh, that we want to change here in May. That's a perfect answer. Hopefully you won't have to defy that <laughs> anymore, but uh, that's right, right. Uh, but James, I appreciate your time and uh, your honesty with all these questions and uh, good luck in the month of May. And I hope to see you hopefully in victory lane here soon. You and me both. Thanks so much as always. <laughs> you have a good day, man. <laughs> Thanks buddy. You too. I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Behind the Catch Fence with three-time special guest James Hinchcliffe. I'll tell you one thing, having the mayor of Hinchtown on the show goes together just like bagels and cream cheese like I mentioned earlier in the episode. Just perfect. 
Now James always brings such a genuine and energetic personality that makes you want to talk for hours on end. To have a guy like James in the IndyCar paddock back full time benefits the sport as a whole in such a big way. I wish James nothing but the best this season and just the month of May and the entire 29 team as they look to turn their season around. I'd like to thank James once again for coming on to the podcast. We're just about out of time for today's episode. Unfortunately, with having to go back to work full time at a potato chip factory, I won't be able to get as many episodes out, but I'll try to keep you guys informed with everything happening. I'll make sure to bring out as many episodes as possible. There is a special guest coming on the show for a second time here in a couple weeks, so look out for that. Just to say the least, he's a legendary icon in motorsports. So before I go, make sure to follow this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Behind Catch. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you guys later.